0: Well, we are going to jump into our message. Uh, for this week. Uh, last week, just to refresh where we were at, uh, last week we had a special Sunday and we talked about the one thing. If you missed a message last week, Amber and I shared together, uh, I would encourage you to go back and watch that. I've had so many of you text me, give me a call, talk to me about how that you know what your one thing is this year and it's transformative for you and excited. I know for me it's changed how I live this past week, how I know what my one thing is. But my favorite thing was I got a text from a mom here uh, this past week. Uh, can you pull up a picture, of just a little Little note from a little girl here, five year older here. She said she's gonna pray every day. That's her one thing this year. Five years old. Love it. She had a thing. And she was here sitting in the row last week. She felt like that's the thing. She told her mom, I'm gonna do this. She's got a little fuzzy thing there, okay? Uh, But for those of you who were here last week, great. If you weren't, watch the message and let's see how can we focus on that one thing this year that God could use in us. Next week is Vision Sunday, all right? We're going to be talking vision for this next year. What is God calling us as a body to this next year? And so I would encourage you, make sure you are here next week. Uh, It's a great time to even invite somebody because they're going to hear what we're all about and find out whether this is a place they want to be a part of, okay? Cool. We're going to jump into the message today. We're talking about probably one of the things I am most passionate about. Uh, So I'm excited to be able to share this with you. Uh, But first, a quick question. How many of you would call yourself a singer? Raise your hand. You are a singer. Raise your hand. All right. Some of you, I don't believe you. (laughs) I've heard you sing before. That's it. Okay. We got a couple of people. We got a couple of people that are singers. All right. So that means the vast majority of this room doesn't consider themselves a singer. Does anybody else find it interesting that us who find ourselves not to be singers once a week get together and have a sing along? It's a little bizarre. Like under what other context would you do that? Like you get like I don't call my buddies, "Hey guys, I got an idea. Let's get together and I just want to sing." Like I just want to, can we just sing some I think it would fill my spirit up, you know? Can we just sing together? Like we don't do that. It's kind of weird. Like, it, this isn't something you do normally, but it's more than just the singing. Because you know, if you walk in these doors, we, we sing, we might shout, we bow, we raise our hands, you know, and it's just confusing. Like, this isn't normal. And I, sometimes I have people who don't come from a background where they do this kind of stuff and the hand raising, and they're just confused, and they're like, is there like a tutorial about how to do this kind of stuff? Yes, there is. Why don't you watch this video real quick?
1: And I know that each church has its own worship style, you know which is cool. Some people are more expressive in worship, some people more subtle, and it's all good. Um, I go to a church that's pretty expressive in worship. It's um, it's a hand-raising church. That's what it is, right? That's what, you know. Anybody here go to a hand-raising church? Am I here? Sweet. Who here does not go to a hand-raising church? <laughs> some of you are trying, you're like, I can't. I want to, Tim. Need to get some momentum. (laughs) Totally cool. But hey, if you're not used to going to hand raising church, you wanna go and join us, feel free to join us, but don't feel like you gotta join right in, okay? Start slow. We got a lot of different hand raises that we use. We actually have names for our hand raises. So I'm gonna walk you through real quick, okay, what they are, just to let you know. Say you're at my church, music is rocking. start slow. Hands in the pockets, little elbow flap, you're fine. Very subtle, get warmed up, get your heart rate up. When you're warmed up, start with the first one. Ready? Carry the TV. Carry the TV, that's our first one. Very subtle. Go to big screen. Big screen, a little wider. Next one's, my fish was this big. My fish was this big. If you're a liar, you go out there, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Jesus loves you, grace. Next one's, hold my baby, hold my baby. Uh, Dueling Light Bulbs, that's our next one, Dueling Light Bulbs. We got Goal Post, everybody knows Goal Post. Throw a Heartburn, a lot of people like to do Heartburn. Double Heartburn right back to Goal Post. What's my favorite? Mufasa. Mufasa, that's my favorite. The circle of light. <laughs> Tim, can you go higher? Yes, you can. You take one hand, go a bunch of different stuff. Pointer, hatchet, schoolroom. Release the doves, give the Lord a high five, press it out. A lot of women like to wash the window, wash the window. And when you're comfortable there, go for the big three. Village people, Rocky, touchdown. There you go.
0: <laughs> if you're offended by that, you need to get over it. <laughs> That's just funny stuff. (laughs) Okay. All right. So this morning, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about this whole idea of praise. Because every day, every week, we get together and we praise God. Now, what is praise? Praise of God is the same as when we praise people. Why do you praise a person? You praise them first because of who they are, because of something about their character, there's something about them that you like, or because of what they've done. Right? Something they've done that's really been great. And, and this is what praise is toward God. We come to God and we worship him. Why? Because of who he is, because of his character, first and foremost. And secondly, we worship and we praise God because of what he's done. But I think too often we miss the significance of what's happening when we praise. And I think we miss uh, how this whole idea of praise can extend way beyond 15 minutes on Sunday morning. Right? It has the potential to totally transform our lives. Now, the Bible talks about praise a lot. It uh, talks about praise over 200 times. In fact, in the book of Psalms, uh, Psalm 150, 13 times it says, praise, praise him, praise him, praise the Lord, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. And, it, and if you're like me, sometimes I, I step back and I don't say the thing that's, that I may say the thing everybody thinks, but I think to myself, like, it seems a little weird that this God in heaven, would keep telling us to praise him. Like if I came to you and I just said, praise me, praise me, praise me, you'd be like, get away. (laughs) This is weird. Okay? So it seems a little peculiar that we say that. I think there's a couple things we need to understand. The first thing is in your notes here. Uh, If you look at point number uh, one here, it's just only God is worthy. We need to understand, only God is worthy. So when, when God is saying, praise me, he isn't asking for something that isn't his, He's asking for what he alone is worthy of. He's saying, listen, I'm the only one. When you think about creation, that this creator God created everything in the universe, everything that you see with your eye and the entire expanse that we see of creation, we recognize his power and his authority. We understand, okay, he's worthy of our praise. But then when we think about the fact that every single one of us was lost and broken, dead in our sins, and yet he came and died on a cross paid a penalty for us, reminded that only God is worthy. So praise is not something he's, he's asking for because he's hoping, I hope somebody will praise me. He's saying, no, I'm the only one worthy of it. Praise. But there's a second point, and this is something I think we miss a lot, in this, that there are actually benefits for us in praise. There is something that, that we get out of praising, and that's the thing that we're going to look at a little bit this morning, and and so we're going to dig up one of my favorite stories out of the book of Acts. We're going to dig through there, and I think we're going to see the power of praise, but we're also going to see how it actually can transform our Monday and our Tuesday and our Wednesday, and every day of the week. All right, if you got your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. Uh, As always, if you ever forget a Bible and don't have one with you, you can borrow one from the table at the back. If you don't own a Bible, we want you to have one. So you take that Bible, you put your name in it. That is our gift to you. We want you to take it, all right? Uh, Would you stand with me? tradition around here. Nothing sacred about staying. It's just what we do to honor God's word. Acts chapter 16, beginning But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we're all here. The jailer called for the lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas, and then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you want to speak to us. And so God, we give you the next moments and pray that you would just allow this word to penetrate our minds and penetrate our hearts. And God, change the way we live. Pray that in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. You can be seated. Cool. So this story is bigger than what we just read. So I want to kind of tell the story so you understand what's taking place in this passage. So first off, uh, Paul and Silas are two guys. Paul specifically, he was known as Saul. He was a guy who was killing all the Christians, right? We talk about this all the time. We talk about Paul. He was a guy trying to kill the Christians, but he came face to face with a resurrected Jesus and he had his life totally transformed, right? Nobody convinced him of Jesus. He saw Jesus. And he went from killing the Christians to becoming the biggest advocate for Christianity and faith in Christ. And so he and Silas are traveling around, going from city to city, community to community, teaching people about the hope in Jesus, the good news of Jesus. So he comes to the city, they're walking around, and they're teaching about Jesus. And for days, there is this woman who is Behind them, it says that she's demon-possessed, who's following around behind him and just annoying him and nagging at him. And, and Paul is getting annoyed, right? But it doesn't just happen for one day. It's just nagging and nagging and nagging for days on end. And I find it humorous in the story because rather than Paul being like, I have mercy on this demon-possessed woman, he's like, because he was so annoyed, he turned and he cast the demon out of the woman, Right? He sets the woman totally free. She goes from being totally possessed to being totally free. You would think this would be a good thing. Everybody should be, yay, you guys are awesome. That's not what happens. Why? Because this woman was a slave. And she made money for her slave owners by telling fortunes because she was demon possessed. It gave her the ability to tell fortunes. And so these slave owners are now ticked off. They're like, we're not gonna make any money anymore. We gotta do something about these guys. We gotta get them out of our city. So they go to the authorities and they say, hey, listen, these guys, they're causing problems. You gotta get rid of these guys out of our city. So this is where we're at in verse number 22. If you got your Bibles, look what it says. It says, says, the crowds joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. The magistrates ordered them, Paul and Silas, to be stripped and beaten with rods. After that, they had been severely flogged. They were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Okay, so stop here for a minute. Think about this. They just did something awesome. Like this woman who was totally demon-possessed and ravaged by demon possession, now she is totally free. And instead of everybody cheering and carrying them off like a victory chant or something, what do they do? Beat them. Let's get some rods and beat these boys to death, okay? Okay. But then after that, what do they do? They flog them. And if you're familiar, the flogging is just a horrible thing where they would, they would take and just rip the flesh off of someone. So now these guys, they've been beaten. Their backs are bloodied and open, right? Open sores now. And it says that they take these guys who are now, I'm pretty sure, a little discouraged and toss them into jail. But it doesn't just say they toss them anywhere. Where do they toss them? The inner cell, the darkest, dankest, worst place of this prison, but it doesn't stop there because then it says it puts their feet in the stocks. So now these guys literally can't move. You think of them. They're sitting there, bloodied up, bruised, in pain, saying, God, what just happened? We just did something good. And then I love the first two words of the next verse about midnight. How many of you ever been there? About midnight. Everything has been going wrong. You've been struggling. In fact, you've been doing all the good stuff. Like, you're, you're the good person. You're like the, guy, the good guy in the story, and yet, you're getting beaten. Your circumstances, the relationships around you, and you hit this point where you're just saying, what? You hit your about midnight moment. My guess is all of you at some point have experienced it, but if you haven't, just be ready. That's called life. There are times when you hit that about midnight moment. But this is the powerful part. About midnight, after all that had happened, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. We're gonna talk about this idea of praise. The passage, uh, other translations literally say they were praising God. And I think this idea of praise can speak to us in those about midnight moments, which every single one of us faces. If you got your your notes, pull them out with me. Look at point number one in your note is this, is that praise changes our focus. Praise changes our focus. We live in a world that's focused on ourselves, right? We live in the selfie society. It's all about us. How good do we look, right? What do we got going on? This happened to me several years ago. I was, uh, I was sitting in my living room, and my son Asher was four at the time, and I'm, I'm looking at him across the room, and I catch him doing this. Pull this picture up of him real quick. He didn't see me take this picture. He is in the corner. He didn't see I was even looking at him. He's flexing. He's kissing his muscles, and then he's talking to them. He's like, hey, how you doing, right? Like, yeah, you know, I'm like, this is awesome, son, you know? And I took the picture and walked away. He's still standing there talking to his muscles. And it was funny, because I was talking to some buddies at the time. And they're like, yeah, we know where he's seen that before. I said, yeah, his mother does it all the time. We might not be kissing our muscles, but it's real. We're focused on ourselves a lot of the time. And when things get bad in our lives, you know it. You suddenly start focusing on numero uno, like I, I can't get my eyes off of my circumstance, my situation, what I've got going on in my life. But see, this is what praise does. Praise changes our focus. It takes our eyes off of the temporary and the, the things that we're experiencing and focus them on the eternal. It takes our eyes off of the problem and puts it onto the solution. It takes our eyes off of the struggles that we have and gets them to our king who can actually do something about the struggles we're dealing with. Praise changes our focus. I see this happen every single Sunday. You know what Sunday morning is like. You know, we all come to say, you know, we walk in the door we're like, praise Jesus. But how many know that ride to church usually ain't good? <laughs> like, you come to church in the morning, you got kids in the back screaming. You know, you're, you're, getting to, you're hitting all the traffic lights. You might be fighting with your spouse. I don't know what. You get a traffic ticket on the way in the door. You walk in the door. And some, sometimes, I see it in you sometimes. You've been going, the week has been hard. You've been dealt a hard hand. You walk in the door and you get to your seat and it's just like, ah, you know. Okay. You see it happen, you know. You get through the first song, you know, start flapping the, you know, get your hands instant. <laughs> I don't know what you do. Somewhere, you know, 10, 15 minutes in the service, we had that moment happen this morning. Like for just for a brief moment, our focus changes. And instead of looking on what we've got going on, we say, Man, you're a way maker. Miracle worker. Light in the darkness. is who you are, God. It doesn't matter what I'm going through right now, God, you are bigger. It doesn't change my circumstance, but it changes my perspective. It gets me put in the right direction. Praise changes our focus. There's a reason we have Next Step around here. It's a class. If you're newer, newer to the church, we got one happening in a couple weeks. One of the things I say in Next Step is I challenge you to be here every week. And I don't say that for us because that does something for us. I say that for you. Because if you are coming on a regular basis, you're never going to go more than seven days without having your perspective changed, without having an opportunity to lift your eyes off of your circumstance and say, God, that is who you are. You are a way, you are great, you are powerful. Praise changes our focus. That's just what it does. You know, there's Sundays where I, I know you think I'm so spiritual because I'm the pastor, you know, I got all my stuff together. That's not true, Okay. There's some weeks where I got a rough week. There's some weeks where I'm sitting on the front row and my job is like, I got to preach in 25 minutes and I'm not feel like, I don't even want to be here right now. I'm, I just want to go into bed right now. I want to just go crawl up in a ball somewhere, right? That happens some Sundays. You know what? I, I stand on this front row and I start worshiping. Man, my eyes get lifted off of me. There's no more woe is me. How great is our God this morning, God? That praise time was for—if it was for nobody, it was for me at least. Like, God, God, you are great. Our faith gets rising in our hearts as we begin to speak of who God is, and I want you to write this down. This is in your notes. If you forget everything else I say this morning, this might be something you need to take with you. Might need to write this down somewhere. It's this: is that praise is a weapon. Praise is a weapon. All right. A lot of times we walk around this world, the woe is me, I got nothing. I can't do anything about what's going on in my life. These people, they're hurting me and they're doing all this. You're right. You got a weapon though. It's praise. In that circumstance, you have the choice. Just like Paul and Silas, they're sitting in the middle, locked, There's, they didn't have anything else, but they had the weapon of praise. And in that moment, rather than sitting in woe is me, they began to say, God, this is who you are. My faith is not in me and in my circumstance, it is in my God who is victorious. Praise is a weapon. It lifts us up. It changes our focus and there are times in your life that is what you need. There are times in my life that is what I need. I can remember back to moments in my life. There are times in my life, specific moments that are seared into my memory when I was going through junk and in those moments I had a choice. And the choice was, am I going to say woe is me or am I going to praise God? I remember a moment sitting in pain when I was dealing with some of my Crohn stuff. Sitting, in, I was sitting in a bathtub trying to deal with the pain. And tears are coming down my eyes and I didn't want to. And I sang a song, some of you know it was a big deal about 10 years ago. All of my life, in every season, you are still God. I have a reason to praise you. I have a reason to worship. Listen, praise is a weapon. In that moment, my situation didn't change, but my perspective sure did. My life was lifted as I began to say, God, you are still good. My hope is not in a circumstance. My hope is in Jesus. And that's what praise does. (laughs) Praise is a weapon. Wield the weapon of praise in your life. Point two, praise sets us free. Praise sets us free. I said this. Listen, we praise God because he's worthy, but guess what? There's some benefits for us along the way. I don't think God ever commands us to do anything that isn't inherently good for us in some way. And when we praise, it actually sets us free. You look at what it happens in, in Acts 16 verse 26 says this. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Listen, that's, that's what praise does. It sets us free. We see this happen sometimes. There's things that we can do in life and when we're willing to step past our comfort and take the step... It actually brings freedom. I think about with the kids. Sometimes you got kids and they don't wanna apologize. You know what I'm talking about? Your kid's like, you did something, just apologize. And like, I don't wanna apologize. They're like, you should apologize. And I think kids are the problem, but how many know we adults have the same issue? Like there are times I have memories laying in the bed next to my wife and like I did something to hurt her feelings and I'm laying there and I'm like, I should apologize, but I don't want to. <laughs> you know, and I just lay there and I'm just like, I'm like a two year old, no, I'm not gonna, I don't wanna. I don't want to say it. But I know, like I'm laying there knowing the moment I apologize, what happens? There's a breaking. There's a freedom that happens, right? And this is what praise is. So often we live our lives in this position of withholding, of we got our stuff together, we're in control. Listen, praise begins to set us free. Rather than saying it's all about my kingdom, no, it's all about your kingdom. We change our position. Praise sets us free. It it breaks this tendency to rely on ourselves. This this tendency to to say it's all about my stuff. No, say God, it's about you. Sets me free. And some of you are bound up and stuff because you're so worried about you, you don't ever think about him. Listen, you need to be free, and it doesn't come by focusing on you more. You begin to praise, it will set you free. It will change your circumstance. So we get around, we sing songs, and I do, I get it. I I talk to people sometimes, and they're like, man, it's just kind of weird. These people are sitting around, they're just, they're just singing. Like, why do people get together and sing? This is peculiar, you know? And I, and I think about it, like, I, I can be weird for other reasons. <laughs> I don't need to praise to, to do that, right? Like, I, I, I'm, I'm plenty weird in other ways. I, I don't do this just because it's, um, it's fun being weird this way. I do this because man, it does something inside of me. And it's more than just this spoken singing thing. How many of you know you come in here, around here, we do other stuff. And we don't do those things just because, well, some crazy guy decided they should raise their hand. You know what Scripture says? When you look through the book of Psalms, throughout throughout Scripture and Psalms, it it is these commands to praise the Lord, bless the Lord, worship the Lord. If If you've ever read Psalms, you know what I'm talking about. It's all over the place. But in the original Hebrew, all those words carry with them a physical position. So when it says praise the Lord, sometimes it doesn't just mean, okay, just say something. Sometimes it means literally to bow down, to get on your knees. Sometimes it means to lay prostrate before the Lord. Some of the words talk about clapping your hands. Sometimes it does talk about singing. Sometimes it's referring to singing a new song. Sometimes it's referring to shouting. Sometimes it means to raise your hands. Sometimes it does say, wave, you know, wipe the windows or whatever. It says, wave your hands in the air. And sometimes it even means to dance a little, which I know is super awkward for a white Minnesotan, okay? (laughs) I got an amen on the front row. She she said, it is. (laughs) You're right. It is awkward to watch. But but that's what the Bible says. We're not doing this stuff because, like, we made some ideas up. No, we're saying, God says, do this. And guess what? When you do that, there is freedom. And I know for some of you, you're, you're like, well, that's just not my personality. This isn't a personality issue. This is a Bible issue. This is a truth issue. And so you need to hear this. Some of the reason you get in an attitude of withholding is because you say, God, I'm never, I'm not raising a hand to you. I'm not doing that. Okay? There is something that happens when I say, God, I surrender to you, and when I say, God, I'm yours. There are times in my life where I've had to get on my knees on a regular, God, I'm yours. Like when I've had to lay my stuff down. When there's mistakes that I've made, say, God, I'm broken. I need you. There's something that happens. There's a freedom that happens. There's a freedom that happens in worship when I don't just say, God, you are great. But I say, man, God, you are so good. You are so good. You are so good, God. I worship you. Father, I praise you. I might look like a fool right now, but I don't care. I don't care at all because you are that great. It sets me free. There's a freedom in that. And some of you, even in your faith, you've hit a point in your faith where you just can't move on, and there may be a, a sense of withholding. And you, maybe you're not ready to do it on Sunday morning because you're like, there's people watching me. I get it. I got a buddy who had the problem for years because he's like, my wife is next to me. I can't raise my hands. It's okay. Maybe you need to go to a closet somewhere. Guess what? I don't dance much on Sundays. And my wife is surprised when she, I say this, but I do dance. <laughs> it's just late at night when everybody else is asleep, and I go into a corner somewhere, and I'm worshiping. And that's horrible, and it's ugly. <laughs> but there's something that it does in me as I say, God, I worship you. I'm yours. I don't wanna hold anything back. I wanna be all yours, right? Praise sets us free, all right? It isn't a hype thing. It isn't an emotion thing. It's a Bible thing. It is a truth thing. There is victory found when we say, God, I'm not holding onto my kingdom. It's all yours. Like it says in Romans, I present my body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you, God. I'm all yours. Praise sets us free. Point three, and this is the fact that we got to deal with, is that praise is a choice. Praise is a choice. A lot of times we say love is a choice. (laughs) Praise is a choice. God doesn't force you to do it. He doesn't come down here and say, get on your knees. Someday that's going to (laughs) happen. But for now, it's your choice. I, I, uh, I look at the story with these guys, you know, you got Paul and Silas. And they're in the midst. And I don't know about you, but if I was in their circumstance with the bloodied up back, sitting in the stocks, I'd probably be sitting there being a little pouty. You know? That's <laughs> <was> just me. <laughs> they're way better than I am. Like, I'd be pouting a bit. Like, what in the world, God? You know what I'm saying? You get in those pout, you're Like, what's going on, God? Like, I don't get this, right? They could have done that. And if they'd have done that, they might have stayed in that prison for the rest of their life. And that's where some of us are. We're, we're in prisons We are enchained because we have never said, God, I'm willing to make a choice not based on my circumstance, but based on your worthiness and your glory. And See, they had the choice and we say to us, God, will we make the choice? Will we make the choice that when things are hard, when the circumstances aren't the way we want them, we say, God, you're still enthroned. Like that doesn't change. That is not, that that it doesn't waver. You're not a question mark, right? You are an exclamation point of truth for my life, Lord. And I'm going to praise you, right? See, we have this choice every moment of every day. Some of you came this morning and, and you stood here. And you're like, I'm just not, I just can't feel it today. I don't, I don't feel it. I get it. I don't always feel it either. Praise is a choice. But it's a choice in your life as well, every dip moment of every day. Like, what are you gonna do with your life? Are you gonna hold on to it? For me, I try to build a pattern of praise into the, the fiber of who I am, because I know this, that if I get into the about midnight moment and I have not been accustomed to praise, I'm not gonna know what to do. Like, if, if, you, if that language of praise isn't normal, it doesn't roll off your tongue at all moments, then when it gets hard, I'm not going to want to do it then. And so I want to build, I want to be accustomed to the language of praise. So for me, uh, I start praise usually in the morning. It usually starts in the shower. I don't sing loud because sometimes people are sleeping. I'm usually under my breath. I just begin praising, God, I worship you today. I praise you. I get in the car. I don't listen to the radio in the car when I'm driving to work in the morning. I just praise. I just begin to try and praise and try and focus my heart on God. And I try to allow that to be a part of, of my day times throughout my day, I'm just trying to praise God. Let That, that, that becomes second nature. That, like, that's, that's not even something I have to think of. It's just the attitude of my heart. Does that mean I'm perfect? Absolutely not, okay? But it's just something I'm trying to groom into my heart, into my life. Uh, something I'll do is I'll turn on worship music at times, I don't do that all that often actually, which is surprising because I was a worship pastor for 11 years like, and I'm a musician. I love that. I don't do that very often but I do at times. I'll turn music on and I'll begin to worship. In the car I'm driving, I'll turn worship music on. We have a Spotify account. You might not know this. If you have Spotify, just search Zoe Church uh, on Spotify, and we've got playlists of all the worship songs we do on Sunday mornings, as well as what we did this past Sunday and the next Sunday. And it's a way that you can engage with what, the music that we have around here. I'll turn that on sometimes. Just begin to worship along with that. Just tools. Sometimes I don't know what to say, right? Anybody ever pray before and you're like, I'm out of words, okay? Good, I'm not the only one. So sometimes I'll, I'll say, God, I want to praise you. I don't know where to start. I'll open the book of Psalms, and I'll just start, I'll just start reading. Because it's a lot of praise in there. I'll just start reading. And when something of the character of God is in there, I'll just hit pause and I'll praise God for that. And then I go back to reading a little bit more. Oh, I'm going to praise you for that, right? Because sometimes we did, the, the, God gave us some help here. We're not on our own, folks, right? Uh, and so, so praise is something that we build into our life that way. And so I think it's something you have to, you have to work at. You have to build it into your life. But praise isn't just a choice in our everyday. Praise is a choice at, on Sunday morning when we walk in these doors. Because here's the, here's the challenge we all face. You ever walked in and you don't like the songs? Praise is a choice. Guess what? <laughs> Doesn't matter what the songs are. Ain't about the songs. Amen. See, here's, here's an illustration I heard one time. It's one of my favorites. Uh, praising God and worship, all that stuff, is kind of like the pool. When you go to the pool... What's the pool about? The water. It's all about the water. But they got a diving board, right? But the whole purpose of the diving board, is to get you in the pool. Praise is the pool. Okay? The goal is that we would get into an attitude of praising God. The songs are like the diving board. They might help you get in, but the goal is not the song. Who really cares? I don't really care. You like the song, doesn't matter. You love the song, doesn't matter. Sometimes the, the song, is like, oh, that's my jam, oh. That's, I love this one. I love this one. We ain't responding to a song. It's not about the songs. Sometimes they're like, oh, the music's too soft. Oh, the music's too loud. Oh, the temperature's too hot. It's too cold in here. Oh, there's too many people. There's not enough people. We have all these excuses. Guess what? That's not why we praise. We praise because God is worthy. That's it. Okay? And praise is a choice. So listen, when we're singing on Sundays, sometimes the the worship leader will say, you know, things like, hey, let's just begin to speak our praise out. And you're like, but it's not a song. I don't know what to do. Okay? Listen. Just begin to speak. It's not about the song. Song is a, the diving board. It helps us get into the praise, all right? But the goal is that we would praise and begin to speak out. Listen, at the end of songs, I know when we go to a concert, what do you do at the end of a song in concert? Yay, okay? Listen, if you want to clap, that's fine, but you better be clapping to the Lord because the worship team doesn't need your applause, all right? At the end of the song, you, just keep worshiping. You don't got to hit stop because the song's over with. We're going to just keep worshiping around here because this place, this platform is elevated just so we can see some things. It's not because it's about them. We all have an audience of one. And that's why we worship on Sundays. Okay? That's what it's about. But praise is a choice. Got to choose. Are you going to praise? I want to close with this here this morning. Our big so what night. uh, I just think this is is the thing that the text really shines a light on at the end of this. It's this, that praising God inspires faith in God. Praising God inspires faith in God. So a lot of times we think it's the other way around, like, oh, if my faith is big, then I might want to praise. Oh, that's true, but it works the other way too. As I begin to praise, my faith begins to grow. As we talked about, it changes our focus. It changes our expectation. It changes where our eyes are. It raises faith in our own hearts, but it does more than just you. It raises the faith in others. Look at the story. What happens? These guys, I'm not going to read it to you, but the jailer he sees these people. They've been praising. And what happens? The jailer comes and said, what must I do to be saved? Right? And he gives his life to Christ. But it isn't just him. It says he and his entire household come to faith in Jesus. And I got to believe that there's other people in that jail cell that saw what took place and said, I- I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Right? Because they're praising, set the stage for faith to rise. And hear this. This happens on a regular basis on Sunday mornings. I was a worship leader. I said this. For 11 years at Cedar Valley, I was a worship leader. But ever since I was about 15, I was a worship leader. And here's what would happen. I come to a room, and I'm standing on a stage. And I would be singing. And I'd look across the room. And I'd see, here's the guy that lost his job last week. Praising God. I see the couple sitting right there that lost a kid just recently. Both arms raised. just praising God. I see the woman going through a garbage in her life, and I know it. Jesus, there. God, I worship you. Faith is built as we, as we encourage one another. See, you might be saying, Man, I'm going through junk, and, and what good could come out of this? You don't understand that as you praise through the pain, God can do something beautiful with that. You can lift another person's faith, you can lift the spirits of someone else to say, I can trust Him too. Through what I'm going, I can trust that same God, right? That's what praise does. It encourages faith. And that's why I say you better come on Sundays because you might say, well, I don't get anything out of it anymore. I've I've gone to enough church in my life. It ain't about you. Because you could show up and it's your faith and your praise that is actually lifting another. You could be the one who is the answer to someone else's prayers. That's what the body is meant to be. We are the church. We don't go to church. Amen? Amen? Amen. There's a guy I think about. His name is... Uh, oh, gosh, i got to remember his name now. Vern. <laughs> Vern. His name was Vern. You can put a picture of this couple here. Vern, Vern's... Uh, he was in his... 80s when this picture was taken. Uh, Vern, I knew for years, I'd watch him, and uh, Vern was about 5'4", a buck ten wet. Like, he's just, he's just like a little dude, right? And he'd wear these massive cowboy hats, you know? So it's like you couldn't even find him inside the cowboy hat, okay? And, and Vern, just a, just a fun guy, loved Jesus with all of his heart. His wife went through a lot of struggles at the end of her life, and he did as well. They went through tough seasons, and it was one of those things where you like, it really would have been easy for them to just kind of back down and just, okay. But the thing I remember as a, I was a worship leader, I would look out and he always sat right there. I'm leading worship, boom, there he is. And I see this little dude in his cowboy hat, both arms raised, holding the fish, you know. And, uh, and he just, he's just praising God. You see him just praising. He was in his 80s. He didn't know the songs. He didn't even like the songs. He probably hated that I was playing guitar. He didn't care. He didn't care though. He didn't give a rip because it didn't matter. This, that was the diving board. He was getting in the pool, and he was praising his God. That's what he did. I'd watch him, and you'd see him when he get real fired up. he get real fired up. He's just, just a little guy just jumping up and down, jumping up. And down. In his 80s, praising God with everything he is. I'd see him walking around the church just speaking, just singing. He is tone deaf. It was awful, but he praised all the time, right? That was who he was. It just poured out of his heart. And you know what I want? I want to be Vern. I want to be a guy in my 80s that says, I don't care what's going on in my life. I am going to worship and praise God. And you know what I want for our church? I want us to be that kind of church that says, you know what? It doesn't matter what's happening. The enemy could throw anything at me. It doesn't change the victory because it ain't in my circumstance. It's in my God. That's the church I want us to be. And so this morning... I'm going to invite us to step in. We're going to close with just a a little bit of time of worship. We're going to just sing one song together here. But I want us to begin to, to praise him and begin to change our attitude of what praise is like. So I'm going to invite you to stand with me. God, we invite you into this place in a deeper way. God, we are praying that you would raise our faith God, you would give us eyes to see how big and powerful you are, that no matter what we face in this world, you are greater and stronger. God, we thank you for that, Lord. God, I pray that that our hearts would turn to you in the moments of darkness, in the moments of discouragement. God, I pray our, our hearts would turn to you. God, you would be the first place we look to. We wouldn't look at ourselves. We would look to you, God. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus.